Today I'll be reading Romans 6, verses 15 to 23. So what should we do? Should we sin because we are under grace and not under law? No. Surely you know that when you give yourselves like slaves to obey someone, then you are really slaves of that person. The person you obey is your master. You can follow sin, which brings spiritual death, or you can obey God, which makes you right with him. In the past, you were slaves to sin. Sin controlled you. So thank God you fully obeyed the things that you were taught. You were made free from sin, and now you are slaves to goodness. I use this example because this is hard for you to understand. In the past, you offered the parts of your body to be slaves to sin and evil. You lived only for evil, in the same way you must give yourselves to be slaves of goodness. Then you will live only for God. In the past, you were slaves to sin, and goodness did not control you. You did evil things, and now you are ashamed of them. Those things only bring death. But now you are free from sin and have become slaves of God. This brings you a life that is only for God, and this gives you life forever. The payment for sin is death, but God gives us the free gift of life forever in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Sean, for that reading, and appreciate uh, everybody following along today. Uh, we are continuing our uh, conversation about the armor of God, full armor of God, and today we are uh, looking at the breastplate of righteousness. And uh, I had hoped to find the words of a song that I feel like we used to sing, but part of the chorus at the end of it says, but most of all, I lift my heart. They really couldn't find it. I, I, I know I didn't make it up, <laughs> so I'm going to try to find it for us to sing it another time. Uh, but as, as we talk about this breastplate, breastplate of righteousness, we're going to talk about this conversation about our heart and who we are enslaved to, as Sean, as Sean read for us. I'm going to remind us uh, from Ephesians chapter 6, where this uh, conversation comes from. If you'd like to turn there, Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read it from the New Century Version. Uh, I found this uh, particularly for my part of, of the verse, of my part of, uh, of, uh, of the armor uh, this morning. I, I wanted to, to read this particular version. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his great power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can fight against the devil's, the devil's evil tricks. Our fight is not against people on earth, but against the rulers and authorities and powers of this world's darkness, against the spiritual powers of evil in the heavenly world. That is why you need to put on the full armor of God. Then, on the day of evil, you will be able to stand strong. And when you have finished the whole fight, you will still be standing. So stand strong with the belt of truth tied around your waist and the protection of right living on your chest. On your feet, wear the good news of peace to help you stand strong, and also use the shield of faith which you can stop the burning arrows of the evil one. Accept God's salvation as your helmet and take the, word of, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times with all kinds of prayers and asking for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready and never give up. Always pray for God's people. The section about the breastplate of righteousness, they say, 
in, in verse, the second part of verse 14, and, and the protection of right living on your chest. The protection of right living. So being right with God and doing right things are part of being enslaved to God. And we're going to look at those verses a little bit more. On the second slide, it talks about the, the breastplate of righteousness in place. And the breastplate is a piece, a piece of armor covering the chest. It's, it covers the torso so that your chest is protected. Obviously, your heart is important. Your other organs, if uh, police you see today wear um, uh, bulletproof vests, uh, probably some other people do as well, um, but to protect their heart, protect their vital organs. Um, I always find it interesting that the bulletproof vest doesn't cover your head, which seems to me like a vital organ. But, you know, in the TV shows, they got their vests on, but the stars of the show never, when they're raiding a house, they never have any helmets or protection on their head. Doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but they never get hurt, so I guess that's all right. Um, so the chest, covering the chest, and I, I want to talk about these different things that are on this slide here just for a second. The breastplate or chest plate is a device worn over to protect you from injury. Righteousness guards and directs against attacks on our heart. The righteousness, the goodness of God protects the attacks that come to our heart. And we need to build our hearts, we need to build our, our stamina up by filling our minds with God's word, to put that into our hearts so we know who and what we are standing for. Um, righteousness is something that God gives us. We are not righteous on our own. We always... We try in our society today to be self-contained, self-made, uh, self self-ready to go. But righteousness is not something we can get on our own. And why is that? Why is that? Because we want what we want. Um, we, uh, we're, we're, as I mentioned, we brought the puppy home yesterday. Her name is Poppy. And uh, we, we're finding she wants what she wants. When her food bowl is empty, she carries it around and slams it on the tile. And uh, I, I told Diane when we got this one picture of her sitting, there's a picture of her sitting down at her, her former house with her mouth wide open. It just looks like she's screaming at people. And I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the wrath. I'm seeing, seeing this little attitude. And the lady said she has an attitude. So we are, we are going to be uh, interesting, interesting times. But, but, but we don't have this righteousness on our own because we're trying to protect ourselves. We're trying to do what we want. We're filled with this self-love, self self-hate that we talked about on Wednesday night. If you missed Wednesday night, you really missed a pretty intense, very good conversation about pride. And uh, I encourage you to, to take a look at that sometime. But, uh, and the thing about pride, that is he talked about the self-love and the self-hate, the, the thing that stuck in my head is that they're all part of the same coin. It's, they're, both, they're, both, they're a side of one coin. And we have both of those things going on in our lives. So we, ha we don't have that righteousness on our own, but we have to get it from God and, and inquire it from God. When God has control of our heart, it is protected by, from attack. Now we talked about in class this morning about persecution, and we talked about the, the things that happens because we're Christians because of things that we, we know and we believe and we practice. And in this day and time, I, I probably said probably no more than 10, eight, 10 years ago, and though my clock is, is not 
always very accurate, but I remember saying at one point, I felt like as Christians, we had not felt persecution like, like other places around the world. My, myself and the people that I knew. Because of our faith, we did not face a lot of persecution. But woe and behold, eight, ten years later, we see persecution upon Christians about not being able to share the word of God, not being able to, to do the different things we may have been able to do just three or four years ago, maybe six years ago. But there are things that are happening in our society that keep us from doing it. But the righteousness of God can protect us from attack, what God teaches us. Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. And Romans 6, verse 18 reminds us that you have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. And Romans 4 says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And we can attain this righteousness as it's reminded us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, Christ had no sin, but God made him become sin so that we could be right with God. Let's go back to the uh, scripture reading of today, uh, Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse, starting with verse 15, uh, the next slide. says, so what should we do? Should we sin because we are under the grace of and not under the law? No. Surely you know that when you, gave yourselves, um, when you gave yourselves like slaves to obey someone, then you, then you are really slaves to that person. The person that you obey is your master. You can follow sin, which can bring spiritual death, or you can obey God, which makes you right with him. And in that conversation, in the continuing part of those verses, the, the word slave or servant has, has popped up. And I feel like just a couple weeks ago we had this conversation. Um, but we're going to look at it again for, for a second. What does this mean to be a slave? And, and the, the difference between a slave and a servant are really two different things. A slave uh, is a person who is forced to work for and obey another and is and considered to be their property, an enslaved person. Uh, and it also means to work excessively hard. A servant is a little different. A servant is someone who is typically paid for their work and can go home at night. A slave is not somebody who can go away, but they are tied to that, that master continually. And so, the, so as we think about being a slave to Christ, and, and, and again, like I said a couple of weeks ago, we, in our conversation, in our culture, we, we talk, we hear about slaves, we hear about all, all of that has happened in our world, and we realize that our world has changed somewhat in our country, and, you know, we don't do those things anymore uh, publicly. Uh, it's not accepted. And, uh, but we do have, uh, never mind, we, we, I can't think of the right word, but, um, but the, definite, the biblical definition of a servant is one defined for being a faithful servant, according to the Bible, is to be devoted and a helpful follow, follower, to be humble before God, and to be ready to act as God nudges and inspires us to help meet the needs of other people and to remember that it's not about money or reward. 
human trafficking was the word I was trying to think of a second ago. Um, that that is a, a piece of slavery that's going on in our world today. So the difference between a slave and a servant are, are slightly different. I found a pretty fascinating reading uh, from a man I've, I've not heard of before. His name is Sam Storms. And uh, he had a blog that I, I want to read uh, uh, two paragraphs from it. I'm going to try to send it out to everybody to take a look at it. I don't know him, don't know what he's about, but I found this article about slavery uh, very, very fascinating. He says, but doesn't Christ's purchase of us only uh, apply to our souls? Isn't it more than a figure of speech? No, I, in, to in totality of who I am, have been purchased by Jesus Christ. He literally owns me. I belong to him, body, soul, spirit, mind, affections, abilities, talents, heart, will, and emotions. There's nothing in me or about me that belongs to me. I have understood that in the past, but to see that in writing is pretty awe-spiring to me. I'm going to read it one more time. Uh, but doesn't Christ's purchase of us apply only to our souls? Isn't it more than a figure of speech? I know I am in totality of who I am, have been purchased by Jesus Christ. He literally owns me. I belong to him, body, soul, spirit, mind, affections, abilities, talents, heart, will, and emotions. There is nothing in me or about me that belongs to me. And the next paragraph says, this runs directly counter to the mindset of our society where demanding one's rights has become something of a natural a national pastime. This world tells me that I have the right to do with my body whatever I want. I have a right to conduct my sexual life however I please. I have a right not to be treated disrespectfully by others, and the list goes on. And the conversation goes on to supply a bunch of scriptures that I found to be very convicting. This conversation about, as a Christian, that we are Christ in totality, our mind, heart, soul, and strength. And because of that, we look to have the righteousness of God. We look to do right things and to be in God's, God's favor. Verse 17 of, of those verses, it says, But in the past you were slaves to sin, sin controlled you, but thank God you fully obeyed the things that you were taught. You were made free from sin, and now you are slaves to goodness. You were taught. You, the gospel was shared to you. And I, I've encouraged us as a church this year to pray for those who are lost, to pray for the lost, to keep them in front of your mind, to keep them on your prayer list, either by name, as you know lost people, or people that you meet. Because they need to hear this word. Because if they don't understand and accept this word, they are not going to try to do right things and to have a heart that is a turned toward God. It says, I use this example because this is hard for you to understand. In the past, you offered the parts of your body to be slaves of sin and evil. You lived only for evil. In the same way, you now must give yourselves to be slaves of goodness. Then you will only live for God. You will only live for God. You will not play both sides of the coin. In verse 20, it says, In the past you were slaves to sin, and goodness did not control you. You did evil things, and now you are ashamed of them. Those things not only bring 
uh, these things only bring death. But now you are free from sin and you've become slaves of God. This brings you a life that is only for God. This gives you life forever. Again, I think uh, I, of John David's prayer about focus, us focusing on what is right, focusing on what God promises us. Because chaos is, is all over our world, all o- around our lives. And to focus on what God has given to us and, and, and uh, brought us into is something that we must do in order to keep our hearts right, in order to keep our path in front of us t- looking toward him. It says the payment for sin is death, but God gives us free, this free gift of life forever in Christ Jesus our Lord. We must realize that what God has for us is forever. In class again this morning, that we had the conversation about that these persecution and the trouble and chaos of this life are only for a time. It's only for the time that we're here. Because at some point, we're going to be called up and we're going to be with God, and that's all going to be in the past. This world is not my home. I am just passing through. Uh, the other song, that, uh, that uh, old song, is about um, it won't be very long. It won't be very long till Jesus shall return. And our hope and our knowledge is, as Christian is that our sin is gone. Our sin is covered by Christ, and we have that hope and that blessing. And that last part of that verse Verse 23, it says, the payment for sin is death, but God gives us the free gift of life forever in Jesus Christ our Lord. So once again, reminding us that our focus needs to be on him. So let's talk about these right living, this right life. In Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 12, it says, God has chosen you and made you his holy people. He loves you so much so you should always clothe yourselves with mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other. If someone does something wrong to you, forgive that person because the Lord forgave you. So in these things, in these verses, it talks about the right living that we need to pursue, to have mercy. What does it mean to have mercy on somebody? What does it mean to be, show kindness to somebody? Or humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness. Those are the things, the right living, that should be a part of our lives. Not the grumbling, not the complaining, not all of the things that are listed above these verses, those evil and slander and murder and lying and sexual misdeeds, all those things. That's not how we are to live. And it seems to be our world is focused on all of those things. Our world is focused on that which is evil instead of which is good. So your, yours and my responsibility and Christians around the world is to, to fill the world with mercy and kindness, humility and gentleness, patience, forgiveness. And by doing so, we're reflecting the heart of God. And when those things are in our heart, when our, we have a heart of kindness, a heart of mercy, that is going to be something that is appreciated and hated. There are people who appreciate kindness. And there are people, when you're kind to them, are just going to not be nice. I've seen it. I've probably done it, actually, maybe. But I've seen it more than I feel like I've done it. 
where you've tried to show kindness and somebody is not kind back, when you've showed mercy and it was taken advantage of, where you've given forgiveness and it was not accepted or not appreciated. All of those things I think God gives to us and we, we live our lives in a way that should reflect what Christ has done for us. And all these things should be part of our right living. And we have to protect our heart from the world, from the chaos, because the world can make us bitter. The world can make us frustrated. And it kind of picks away at your heart. Several years ago, I had a, an orange that was wrapped in foil. And I took large gutter nails, and I uh, thankfully missed my hand every time, but I forced them into that large orange. And that, that orange represented the heart. And that, that orange was leaking and dripping. It was bruised. It was messed up. It was damaged by the sin of the world. And then we talked about what Christ does with that heart. And I did a switcheroo of, of the, the damaged heart and another heart that was whole wrapped in foil. And I opened it up and it was new again. And that's what Christ does to our heart. Because the world does mess with us. It does take us and, and leave us in a very desperate situation. So verse 14 of Colossians chapter 3 says, Even more than this, clothe yourself in love. Love is what holds you all together in perfect unity. Let the peace that Christ gives control your thinking, because you were all called together in one body to have peace. And always be thankful. Clothe yourself with love. This whole summer, we've been talking about loving first, about the importance of, of what it means to love no matter what. We know that's difficult. We know that it's hard to love the people that you love sometimes, let alone those who are against us and those we don't know and those who frustrate us. But we must clothe ourselves in love, and love is what holds you all together in perfect unity. Because we love each other, we take care of each other. We reach out to each other. We hold each other up and, and we walk with each other. And that's because of the goodness that's in our heart because of Christ's love for us. It says, let the peace that Christ gives control your thinking because we were all called together in one body to have peace. And the last part of that verse, of verse 15, says, always be thankful. Always be thankful. Always be grateful. What does it mean to be thankful? What is it you are thankful for most in your life? Are they things that are going to last forever? Or are they things that are going to be burned up? Or rust away? Or be stolen? Or taken from you? I would encourage you to think about the things that you love. And make sure that they are things that will last. Make sure it's truth. Make sure it's mercy. Be sure that it's, it's something that pulls you together toward God and lets God, let God work in you. And we need to be thankful for those things. And we need to verbalize that to, to God. We need to verbalize that to people around us when we're thankful for what people have done. Um, I try always to say thank you. I always try to... Um, make sure that people know that their, their time, their effort, their gift, 
whatever it was, was appreciated and will be used, you know, for good things. But do we thank God for what he's done for us? For giving us this heart that should be right and a heart of righteousness. The verses that I could think of in this song went like this. It says, I lift my hands to praise you. I lift my eyes to gaze upon your spirit. I lift my voice to offer you praise, dear Lord. But most of all, I lift my heart. Our heart is what controls our actions. Our heart, what is in our heart, is what makes us do what we need to do. And so we need to have that breastplate of righteousness over us. And realizing that that righteousness does not come from us. We cannot, it doesn't happen from us. It comes from God. We must seek it, we must apply it to our hearts, and we must protect our hearts. We must keep our hearts free from hate, from envy, from bitterness, from the things, from the grumbling and the things that tear us up. And keep our heart pure with those things that we mentioned earlier. I think the breastplate is one of the most important pieces of, of this armor because our hearts are what belong to God. And if our heart is not turned and protected and covered toward God, it'll be uncovered to the world. And the world will come in, the world will take and steal and take the, the things from you and it will leave you lifeless. But God will give you life and God will give you the things that you need. So I appreciate your uh, listening and courtesy this morning of, of listening and uh, hopefully understanding some of these things. I encourage you to look up that blog. I will send it, I'll try to send it out in the email. But I think we need to understand that being a slave to Christ means that we are totally mastered by him. And that our, everything we do and seek, our, our attitudes, our motives, our actions all need to be wrapped around what what would God have us to do? And it comes out of the mercy, out of the kindness, the gentleness, and love that's in our hearts. Protect your hearts. Be risky at your loving. Love people who are hard to love. We all have those people in our life. Some of us have them in our family <laughs> that are hard to love. But we need to love them with the love of the Lord and let Christ shine through. This morning, I hope that your, your, your breastplate or your chestplate is firmly in place, that you're guarding and watching what God has, has planted in there, and that you're growing your heart so that, so that you can love and, and nurture and, and be a blessing to others. Some of us, our hearts are cold. Some of us, our hearts are hard. And the shield really doesn't do a whole lot because our hearts are dead and not alive. Sometimes we are heavy-hearted because of things that we've done, things that have been done to us, around us, and it makes it very difficult for us to, to live the life that God wants us to live from our heart. So if you need prayers for those things, make that known. Tell somebody. Tell us. Tell me. Let us pray for you. Let us help you, encourage you to be that person that God wants you to be and to live that life with that armor firmly in, in place. I love the piece of the verse um, 
about the armor that reminds us that when it's all over, that we stand, and when it's all over, you're still standing. And that's because God is with you all the way. This morning, if you have a need to respond to the gospel of Christ for any reason, uh, please do so while we stand and sing.